Welcome back to another week here on Instigating with Clarky and Drury. That is Clarky. I'm Drury, and we're very pleased to be joined by a special guest on this week's show, Aaron Karolnik, who is, of course, one of the co-hosts on First Up on TSN 1050, one of my favorite shows going with Mr. Coco, Carlo Koliakovo as his co-host. He's also a huge contributor to TSN Edge for our betting community. We are, of course, brought to you by CoolBet. It's great to have Aaron on the show. How you doing, man? It's great to have you. Fellas, I'm doing fantastic. What an introduction. Thank you very much, Ryan. I very much appreciate it. And it's great to be with you guys. So what are we talking about tonight? Let's get going. Absolutely. Well, there's tons to talk about. Luckily. Let's talk I mean, about I the like... Leafs first, Ryan. Well, yeah. so, at least first, always. Let's, you know, let's talk about the Leafs. I mean, his co-host is a former Maple Leaf, of course, That's Mr. Right. Carly Akimo. Let's talk about the Leafs. I mean, what's your impression of this team right now? Because I, I feel like they're still kind of hard to get a read on. We've seen them be good in the regular season the last few years. They've got plenty of young talent and some veteran savvy with guys like John Tavares, but they're still they're still riding this weird up and down peaks and valleys. They can't seem to find consistency in their game. What's your impression of where the Leafs are at right now, Aaron? Well, I mean, the thing about the Leafs, and I'm sure you guys would agree with this, is that there's almost a paradox with this team in that regardless of if they're playing well, if they're playing poorly, the same conversation continues to emerge in spite of any type of performance, good or bad. Okay, but what's going to happen in April? And I think that's just a byproduct of the last five years, right? I mean, having not won a playoff series in this Matthews-Marner era, having not won a playoff series since 2004, since my man Carlo was a Toronto Maple Leaf, it's been a very long time. So the reality is the fan base is not going to really adjust their expectations, not going to adjust anything with regards to their perception of this team until we get to the playoffs and until this team actually wins a round. That being said, I think you look at kind of the highs and lows of the thir- what, 13, 14 games they've already played. There's definitely been some lows. I mean, you think about the four game losing streak going down two nothing to Chicago. The fan base was ready to set itself on fire and rightfully so after everything that we saw early on, but they seem to have righted the ship. And yeah, Clark, you were, you were part of that. I was one of them. Yep. I fire think, everybody. I think a lot of people, myself included, it was tough to watch. It looked like they just didn't care. And they have righted the ship. I mean, you win a bunch of games in a row, and the performance that we saw against the Flyers this week was very impressive. And it's just a matter of keeping it going, keeping it consistent over long periods of time. But at the end of the day, anything they do in the regular season, we saw it last year, gentlemen. I Mm -hmm, mean, mm -hmm. on pace for 113 points in a full 82-game season. But who cares? They blew a a 3-1 lead to Montreal, and we know the story that's emerged then. So... It's a it's a weird season for a team that I think has a lot of upside, but they're going to need to fulfill it or it's just going to be yet another look at a, a team where you kind of shrug your shoulders and be like, well, that's pretty much what we expected. I'd love to get your read on uh, on Jack Campbell. I think he's an outstanding goaltender. The numbers are proving it this year. You know, all my buddies who are anti-Leaf guys, like, well, Ryan's one of them. As you can see, he's a capital <laughs> fan. But no, the, I know, but what that's I'm saying, wait, just, just a second, Ryan. Uh-huh. What I'm saying is, they're always fast. Okay, for the last six years, they've always said, you guys have never win with Freddie Anderson. And now they're saying, oh, yeah, look, you get rid of Freddie Anderson. Look what he does in Carolina. But when you look at the numbers of Jack Campbell compared to Freddie Anderson right now, and I don't think there's any question who has the better defense. Well, if Carolina has a much superior defense, which a lot of people say, and you look at Jack's numbers, which are very comparable to Freddie, I think they're in the right position with, with Jack. Let's just hope he can make the big saves in the playoffs. But, but what, what do you think about Jack? Yeah, I mean, I'm totally with you. It's, it's funny. You look at the – go to NHL.com, check out the stats for goaltenders. It's Freddie Anderson one in a bunch of categories, and it's Jack yep. Campbell two. And the Leafs had both of those guys as recently as last yeah. season. And James Reimer's up there too. I know. It's it's, all, <laughs> it's almost crazy. like the, the Leafs are a goaltender farm just waiting to be cultivated. <laughs> yeah. and it might be, you might need to check out uh, alternative uh, locales in order to really sprout those roots. But, yeah, I, I think you have to be extremely impressed with everything you've seen from Jack Campbell. I mean, the numbers are outstanding. Mm-hmm. Win-loss record, the goals against, the save percentage, his time as a Leaf. I guess the only question we had at the end of the season was his ability to stay healthy and mm-hmm. to this point, the lack of experience playing a large number of games. And I can guarantee you, if the Leafs want to do anything, uh, making the playoffs to start and then going deep into the playoffs, Jack Campbell's going to play a lot of games. The entire season ultimately rests on his shoulder. No pressure, Jack. 
And I think that's a that's a good thing for the Leafs because he's been really, really good. There's been so many examples of goalies with their first full workload, really thriving on that and emerging as a star goaltender, which Jack Campbell has very much emerged as in the last calendar year or so. So, I mean, if you're a Leaf fan, I think the number one thing you're confident in, I mean, the Morazic situation with his groin notwithstanding, but Jack Campbell as your number one goaltender is rock solid right now. And that's when you have a, a stud number one like the Leafs do, that's that's the linchpin to any type of contending hockey team. So I think in that respect, they have to be very pleased with what they have in that. I completely agree. And for the record, I'm not anti-Leaf. I'm I'm an outside observer of the team. Is, I'm Eric, not don't let him I'm you. not no, I'm not diehard like you are. I'm I went a different way, didn't I? But I agree. Like Jack, I think that he he kind of strikes me in that almost Felix Potven way or Ed Belfour, even the guy that won them a series the last time they won a playoff series in that he has a demeanor about him, Aaron. And I wonder if you agree where he, it's not, I don't want to describe it as carefree, but he seems to kind of let things roll off his shoulders. He, he doesn't seem to get wrapped up in a bad game. He like, he'll come out after games when he doesn't even need to like the LA game this week and say, Oh, I, I let my team down. I let two points get away when it, that's really not true true but then he lets it roll off and he comes out and has an excellent game against a team like Boston or Philly like he he has this calm demeanor about him and I really feel like he can be the guy that can be successful because look we know goaltending is super important in the playoffs and it it doesn't always take a Dominic Hasek type guy to win you a cup Cam Ward did it no disrespect to Cam he he caught a two or three year heater and it worked out very well for him. Anti Niemi, that first Blackhawks Cup. I mean, Anti Niemi's career petered out in San Jose, but he caught a heater for a couple of years. It, you could even say the same thing about a guy like Tim Thomas, who hit a very high high on his heater. But Jack seems to be in that same type of mold, Aaron. Is that is that kind of what you're getting an impression of? Could not agree more with you. I mean, I mean, looking looking back to Montreal last year in the playoffs, Campbell had great numbers. I mean, you can't lay the blame at Jack Campbell's feet for. I mean, yeah, there were a couple of games, maybe a couple of goals, namely in Game Seven that he'd love to have back. But for the course of those seven games, Campbell was a really quality option in net. He's an interesting cat. I mean, by all accounts, you hear from his teammates that he is absolutely beloved, the nicest human being on earth. And Ryan, you mentioned how he comes out, and and you're so right. So many times over the last year or so, we've heard Campbell just come out and think, oh, yeah, that was me. That was my fault. We lost the game because of me. And no one else. I take all the blame. It's my responsibility. And everyone's kind of like, no, man, that's not true. Like, why why do you come out and say that? I don't know if that's a calculated measure on Campbell's part to maybe alleviate some of the pressure on his teammates and kind of carry the burden himself. Maybe that's something that, aids him in kind of his mental game. I'm not sure exactly why that is, but clearly he's not affected by a poor performance. He is a guy who can turn the page, and we saw it as recently as this past week where did not have a good game against his former team in the LA Kings. I'm sure a game he would have loved to stand on his head and shut out his former squad, a team that didn't really give him a chance, and he was the backup there, and it was the Jonathan Quick show forever for the LA Kings, and he comes to Toronto and unfortunately doesn't have the greatest of performances. But then he goes out and shuts out the Flyers in the next game. So I, I think he's got a great demeanor, especially in a city like Toronto where the pressure is always ramped up to another level. So I think the Leafs have themselves a damn good goaltender for the present. And, you know, the conversation that's emerged with Campbell, what's going to happen with his contract? Welcome to Toronto, where you can't always have nice things unless they're signed to long-term contracts. <laughs> exactly. Hey, let's move out in front of the goaltenders to talk about the defense. Uh, I know something very close to Carlo and you in the mornings. Um, is this team good enough to carry on with the with the group they have? I mean, with the seven they have with that Hall and uh, Dermot roll in and roll out on who knows how much of a basis that'll happen on, but they're up against the cap. They're tough. They, like, how can they add something? Do, do you think they need to at the end of the day? I mean, I think I think they do. And I think when yeah. you go, you look at the playoffs, and we'll, we'll see how it ultimately plays out. But they have their seven. Yeah. They have Riley and Brody and Muzzin and Hall. It's been Lilligren and Sandine playing in the third pair. And uh, recently, Travis Dermott, I guess in the last game, Travis Dermott's been their seven. But I just don't see it happening. The Leafs could go into a playoff series 
with Lilligren and Sanjean as their third pair. I would guess that there would be some veteran experience added into the lineup. You think about moves that teams have made in the past couple of years. I think about Tampa acquiring David Savard to play in their third pair. That has worked out so well for them last year. And just that, that's something that always happens near the trade deadline. Teams looking to add depth on defense. And mm-hmm. hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully Lilligren and Sandine continue their development. I think both have acquitted themselves so well this year. I've been very pleasantly surprised with both of their performances. Dermot is up and down. And probably most importantly, fellas, I mean, you look at the Muzzin Hall duo, who last year was their shutdown pair. They went up against mm-hmm. the top line of, of many of the Leafs' opposition throughout the course of the season. This year, they've been a liability in many respects. So if they're not able to repeat their performance from last year and they're looking more like early season Muzzin Hall as opposed to 2020 or uh, early 2021 Muzzin Hall, the Leafs have some serious problems that they're going to need to address. Yeah, I agree. We're chatting with Aaron Karolnik, who is one of the hosts of First Up on TSN 1050. It's a great show. You guys got to get up early and tune in. It's it's my favorite thing to do in the morning with my coffee. <laughs> hey, hey, let, let's stop right there for a second. Sorry, I always interrupt. Yeah, yeah, That's go, just no, what I do. <laughs> let's just talk a little bit about the morning show, okay? Sure. So yes, Ryan and I live you know, an hour and a half from Toronto. The signal isn't great out here. We have adapted the, the uh, podcast that you guys do. And I always get frustrated when, when I wake up at seven 30, if that six to seven hour isn't available for me, I'm frustrated. So just know that. Um, And when, you know, when last year, when you were producing, it was always there when you were off, sometimes it didn't seem to be there. So it was Hmm. like, Aaron's not in what's going on anyway. (laughs) So it's, it's really changed, but do you guys talk about how people consume radio content nowadays and really put an effort into guys like Ryan and I, who maybe the signal isn't great, but we still love to hear that Toronto content. Okay. That's a fantastic question. And I think that, yeah, the signal, I mean, that's, that's been an issue. That's been an, an issue for us yeah. at TSN yeah. 1050 for yeah. a long time. Yeah. But I, I think the way that people are consuming yeah. media radio in particular has changed during the pandemic because not nearly as many people are commuting into work or traveling right. around as they used to. A lot of people, have embraced this work from home lifestyle and there are at least maybe maybe not necessarily full-time, but at least part-time. So we have been really pushing the iHeartRadio Canada app, yep, which is yep. one place where you can just live stream everything TSN 1050 or um, any radio station actually on the Bell Media Network. So that's one thing we do. The podcast has become a very important thing and we're just trying to embrace all forms of media consumption. And and the, the podcast is certainly a, a big part of our, of our day-to-day and we understand that the way that people have consumed radio for the past what hundred years, mm-hmm. it's changing for for a number of factors. But we're doing our best to provide our audience a multitude of options when it comes to consuming the content, podcasting, and the live stream um, included. And I guess, like you know, if you have your Alexa or your Google Home, you could yeah. just say "Play TSN 1050." So we have a lot of ways to do it. But I understand your frustration. No, and I'm not frustrated about it. It's good. Like I, I like it because I like to hear you guys when you first get on. You know, the first thoughts of the day. I've said to Ryan many times they talk a little bit too much NFL for my liking, but that's fine. I like the way we do, that, we do love the NFL. It's true. You do. That's fine. And we're going to talk I Argos a little bit NFL. too because Ryan won't talk uh, Argos with me. So I'm going to talk a little bit about them with you today. But yeah, it's just changed for sure. And it's I, like yeah, like when we're when I'm in my car, I will stream it. I did yesterday. I had to go to London and I streamed it all the way. And you know what? At the end of the day, it doesn't take a lot of data. People think it does, but it really doesn't. Like. Uh, to stream radio nowadays it, it's not but i i enjoy it i like being able to pick and choose like um dave poolin's friend of mine i worked with him at leafs tv for a while and uh, he's a friend of the show he's on all the time i love how i can pick and choose of what you guys have uh, available your competition down the dial not that we have to talk about them but they've come out with a new program director lately and um and they've made this big thing about this is the way we're going to transform the podcasting world they're doing something tsn's been doing for two years now anyway more than two years you don't have to comment on that aaron it's just a little Uh, yeah i mean listen we're forward thinkers we're forward ahead of the game exactly and i love your theme songs they're awesome they're so good the The new one i was worried i was honestly i was worried that Oh my God, they got to come up with a new theme song because I love the old one. But you've done a good job. What is it from? A Thank duck you. Wing? Wow. Duck wing you guys are full of compliments. Yeah. Pumping my tires. I love it. Thank I'm a you. big fan. I have been for a while. <laughs> so that's all. It's all good. 
Absolutely. Like, like he said, we love the show and, and I'm big on the podcast thing. I mean, I'm hosting a podcast. I listen to probably 20, 25 different podcasts. It's a great way to consume content. If we're in the car, yeah, it's great to stream it live. But the thing that I love about podcasting is typically if you guys are on the air, I'm in the office, at least in the old world. And I love being able to go back and I want to hear every single second of the show. And I want to hear it uninterrupted. I mean, if I'm listening live and I got to run off and do something or call someone for an interview for a news story, I might miss something. The podcast, I can pause it, come back. I like to consume the entire show. You guys in Overdrive are the best sports radio content on planet Earth right now, in my personal opinion. All right. If I can give you an extra tire pump. No, no, no. Planet Earth. All of it. And trust me, I'm listening to a lot of shows and and you guys are doing it better than anybody. And I want to I want to dive back into the really quick Aaron because I mean yeah they're they're an interesting team and like you said you kind of made the joke we, we can't have nice things in Toronto the cap and I, I I want your impression just of of what the NHL landscape is like in that regard because you know guys like Alan Walsh have definitely been very outspoken about the salary cap and and what it is and how it restricts teams I've I've personally grown to I guess get used to it am I a necessary fan of it not really because i don't believe that it's achieved what gary bettman and his cohorts wanted which is this illusion of uniform you know parody i don't really believe in it look at the stanley cup winners over the last 15 years um but i I want your opinion on it like would would you rather they go to a luxury tax system like what baseball and basketball have like what is your opinion on the cap and just how detrimental it can be to teams like Toronto, Washington, Boston, Tampa. They got to ship guys out all the time. It doesn't seem fair. Well, and the irony is, and listen, I'm not a fan of the salary cap. The last thing I want to do is crack out a calculator and try to figure out how the team fits this player into this slot and how many times this guy needs to go on LTIR. But it's not only the top teams that are affected by this. Look at the Arizona Coyotes, who... I don't know how many Hall of Famers they have just collecting checks on LTIR. And what? Hosein, Pro- I don't even know who's on there anymore. David Datsuk. Boxen, Datsuk. Datsuk. I mean, like, the whole thing is a complete farce. It is clear cap circumvention, and the NHL has no issue with that. Why? I don't know. So I think when you're talking about a sport that needs big, bombastic news, like we think about, think about the NBA, think about the NFL, just like, Massive news stories breaking all the time, some positive, some negative. The NHL, I feel, is lacking in that regard. I think in part that's due to a very restrictive salary cap that just doesn't permit player movement the way that a league should want to encourage it. And will anything change? Probably not as long as Gary Bettman is running this league. He is a guy who helped put this system in place, and I think he believes it's working. And and you mentioned the parity aspect. I think you could probably make a safe comment that the NHL's parody has not been, I mean, I guess the NBA, LeBron James was in the finals for like, what, 10 straight seasons. So I think that's, that's kind of also the, the sport of basketball lends itself to one player being dominant and LeBron might be the best player of all time. So, you know, if he's playing and he's at the apex of his powers, it shouldn't surprise anyone that he's always going to the NBA finals, but I mean, the NFL, I think you look at um, you look at other sports where the salary cap is not nearly as restrictive, and just the ultimate product is better. And I I do think that there should be a luxury tax, maybe some type of uh, like a single player exemption where you could pay one guy. I mean, you, you, it's kind of like the uh, the bird rights in the NBA where you could go over the salary cap to pay one player, and that just makes the sport more consumable, more relatable to the fans. And we could be fans of the sport as opposed to being mathematicians. And I think who isn't on board with that? And that's something that's really drawn the ire of so many people. Okay. Ryan, you know, what's coming, right? Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Harky okay. So has we, this we, grand scheme that he wants to lay at your feet. Okay. Yeah, no, so I, I, I laid it at Ryan's feet last week and I promise yes. I, from here on forward, whatever guest I have on, I'm going to just, just, Hey, it's just a, a poll I want to take. So, it's a it's a couple of part question, but first part is if the Leafs fail again this year, and I'm talking about not making the playoffs, losing in the first round, do you? And this is a yes or no question. Do you believe they have to break up the core? 
Um, this is so, and this is so the whole question, believe me. It's so dependent on what happens. Like, let, let, let me put it this way. If the Leafs make the playoffs and they play Tampa in the first round and they lose, yeah. are you going to make drastic changes based on that? Probably not. You're not expected to beat Tampa, right? Okay. I mean, it's a, it's very dependent on the number of batters. I think if the Leafs miss the playoffs. For sure. Okay. So yeah. that's part. That's the first part of the question. So the second thing is, I think they have an opportunity to get Shane right. And you're going to say, how are they going to do that? Okay. So this is my theory. My theory is Phoenix wins the lottery. Okay. You know where I'm going now, right? I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So my question is, and this is the first, you're the first one to answer this poll question. If the Leafs have the opportunity, do they at least address and look into trading Austin for the first overall? No. Pick? Now, hold on. You said that this was. Do a they entertain game. it? Yeah. Do they entertain? No, I don't think so. Oh, thank you. I, I, Aaron. I, don't, I don't think so. I don't okay, think so. Here's one nothing on Ryan's side. Nope. Austin Matthews may be the great, and I guess we're playing in the, or we're yeah. talking about the, and he's got two years year. left on his contract. Remember. He does. And, and, and listen, I can't pretend to know what Austin Matthews thinks about his future in Toronto. Does he want to go to Arizona? Does he want to stay and play in Toronto the rest of his life? Right. We don't here's know what that. I can tell you about Austin Matthews. I guess Alex, Alexander Ovechkin aside, I think he's the greatest goal scorer in the NHL right now. And I think that's pretty safe mm-hmm. to say. Certainly mm-hmm. it even spread. Mm-hmm. He's, an absolutely ridiculous talent. And Shane Wright may very well be as good as Austin Matthews. Maybe he's like Nico Heischer. I don't know. We None of us know. But by, yep, all accounts, you're right. by all accounts, all the scouts say that Shane Wright is the next one. Maybe not McDavid. Maybe not Crosby. But maybe not Austin Matthews. But he's going to be a hell of a player. I have family in Kingston. Yep. I mean, the, the yep. numbers of emails that I get about Shane Wright, uh, just like I, I almost like, okay, I get it. He's, he's amazing. But – I don't think that the Leafs could entertain that. Also, you got to keep in mind that, you know, you're Kyle Dubas. You're Sheldon, I guess, whatever, Shanahan Dubas. This would not yep. affect uh, Sheldon Keith. Are you really going to trade your best player for a 18-year-old and be significantly worse in the short term? Well, no, but hold on. You'll still have $11 million to play with. You would. Um, but, I mean, what are you going out and, spe- and spending? I don't know. Is, any, is it I anyone don't know. close I don't know. to Austin? Ding, like, ding, 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 oh, ding. no, no no one's close to Austin Matthews. No, so, so, you so can a John Klingberg is a free players. agent, right? So are you going to go out and pay John Klingberg $9 million? <laughs> no, like, no. I guess. No. But it, it's 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 a difficult one. I understand the... the yeah, if you use that on TSN, you got to give me credit. That's all I'm asking. I mean, it's, a, oh. it's an interesting... <laughs> I, 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 I mean, we'll see how the season progresses. I mean, if the season goes completely off the rails... There will be tank for Shane Wright or maybe look at no, but they don't. Have, the no, but the Leafs wouldn't tank for Shane Wright. No, but no, no. They could make a trade. Yes, that is, that's, that's all I'm correct. saying. And that's I mean, all I was asking. Would they it's entertain? It's an interesting it? thought. It is an interesting thought, but it's one that I mean, when you have a a generational player, do you trade him for a I potential agree. generational player? Yeah, I I agree. You, and maybe they have an indication if he's going to resign here. But if you lose him, I don't know. Well, and and I appreciate you siding with uh, with logic, Aaron. That's okay. And, Team Drury up one nothing. And and All listen, right. I'll, Aaron, I'll tell you what I said to Clarky on our last episode. This is this is essentially how I I beat this proposal down. First things first, let's talk about the individual here. I agree. I'm the biggest Alex Ovechkin fan of all time. I think Austin Matthews at this current moment is right on level with him in terms of scoring goals and creating goals out of nothing that other guys just can't because of the lethality of his shot. I mean, that's just a fact. Now, if Austin Matthews, I I, I can't subscribe myself to this whole, well, the guy's hometown's over here, so he has to go play there. You know, it was cool when John Tavares did it, and that's a big deal, and that's neat. It's a fun story. I don't care where the guy's hometown is. It just, who cares? But how do you know he doesn't? You don't. Okay, but fine. Was Carlo thrilled to be drafted by the Maple Leafs? I I, bet he was. I bet he was, yes. And it's a special thing, and it's neat. But if somebody else is going to pay you more and give you an enhanced role somewhere else, I mean, is home that big of a deal? To some guys, it might be. And maybe it is to Austin Matthews. But my point there was... If Austin Matthews legitimately in two years time, because they're not going to be any better than they are now. As a matter of fact, I don't even think they'll be in Arizona. If he in two years time says I'm leaving the Toronto Maple Leafs 
And I'm going to go home to dearly beloved cactus laden Arizona to play for the Coyotes. Fine. But I don't ever, ever, ever want to hear again from Austin Matthews in an interview, anything that he cares about winning ever. Because if he goes to Arizona, it's all about money. And I don't ever want to hear the W word come out of his mouth for the rest of his career, because that's a farcical lie. And I don't think that that's what this guy's about. I think he cares about his legacy. I think he cares about what people think about him as a player and a person. And I'm sorry, Arizona just isn't in the cards if you care about winning. The other thing I'll say is if he leaves on a free agent deal, he's going to command probably given wherever the cap falls, at least 13 million a season, probably. I think we're probably maybe on the same page there. 12 and a half, 13 million dollars on a raise. Arizona doesn't spend money. Gary will give them the money. No, they won't. <laughs> get, like, they don't spend money. They'll think he's their answer. Hey, we don't have to get in Chris this Pronger again. To we be don't the... have to get in this again, Ryan. Well, We've gone I'm just... through this already. Yeah. Okay? I, I, and you guys annoyed. are like a, a bickering married couple. I love it. And it's yeah. all about Austin Matthews, a hypothetical in two years. That's right. Will he leave the Leafs? Yeah, cool. I know. It's, yeah. Well, uh, it's more this year. Trading well, we, him this year. But we called... Okay, before we go any further, hold on, Ryan. What is behind you? What 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 is the what is that? That's uh, the uh, bull and the bear. I got my stock. Oh, the stock thing. Okay, got it's it. Pretty cool, actually. Don't you think? I mean, it is very cool. Vacuum. It's great. It's yeah. Vacuum cleaner there as well. I'm vacuuming it. Believe it or not, I'm a very clean person. Decided I need a little vacuum to get it going. And then, okay, uh, okay, okay. The bull and the bear, right there. Okay, good. Bull and the bear. Very good. I love it. And I that's apropos, now. given our, our conversation here, because you're trying to diminish the stock of Austin Matthews. And what do you we're think of buying. crypto coin? What do you think of crypto? Uh, well, that's a very broad question. Well, know, but you would invest in it. Would you invest in like. I am. Uh, I've invested in some cryptocurrency. Ethereum. Yes. People are yeah, telling I have, me. To I have get some into Ethereum. Ethereum. I have some yeah, Bitcoin. Okay. I've got it all, really. Yeah, okay. I am, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I got some some friends who are deep into it far more yeah. so than I am. And yeah. let's just say there was some FOMO uh, about a year back and I had to indulge as well. And it's been working out very well. Good. But that could all change tomorrow okay, when I can close yes. to zero. So, who knows? Yeah. Okay. yeah, you never know. You could be cashing it all in or buying a Tesla. You never know. All right. Let's move on from the if you're OK, Clark, can we move yeah. on from the Leafs? We yeah, can. Yeah. OK, yeah. let's talk about the Blue Jays. I want to cover all the Toronto sports scene because I know you guys have been talking about it as well. And uh, Overdrive's been touching on a lot. Obviously, we're heading into the winter meetings, the GM meetings. A lot of talk, obviously, circulating around Marcus Semien, who I think we're reserved to the fact that he's likely gone, wants to go back out west. Seattle's a player. Robbie Ray, though, I'd love your opinion on, on Robbie Ray because I heard a number of guys on the station coming on and talking about how this could be an issue of years. And if you if he wants to push it to five, maybe you do that. But anything six and over, it's not worth it. What is your opinion on the level of urgency in terms of the Jays keeping Robbie Ray, who we think should be the Cy Young winner? Yeah, Robbie Ray is going to win the Cy Young award. I think they announced it next Wednesday. I believe, yeah. or on November. I believe it's November seventeenth that they announced the Cy American League Cy Young, and Robbie Ray is going to win it, deservedly so. That being said, would I be keen on giving Robbie Ray a deal twenty-five million dollars over six years if I'm the Jays? And listen, I know going back to the salary cap conversation. That is not applicable to Major League Baseball. The Jays could spend as much as they want. They're owned by a $25 billion corporation that is in the throes of a serious battle at the top of the hierarchy. Nevertheless, I wouldn't be overly keen on giving Robbie Ray $150 million over, over six years. I, I really wouldn't, especially considering I think the Jays are actually in pretty good shape as far as their starting pitcher group without Ray. And they're going to have to pay Barrios who's going to get a big ticket. He's awesome. He's younger than Robbie Ray. Has yes. less mileage as well. So if you go in, let's just say hypothetically, Robbie Ray rock, walks, Semyon walks, it's a lot of money you have to throw around and how you decide to utilize that cash. I mean, that's up to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. But you start off with Barrios, you start off with Ryu, you start off with Manoa. Those three comprise a damn good three in the American League and the National League. I don't care where you are. Maybe you could add a top quality fourth starter, or maybe it's Nate Pearson. Maybe you bring back Steven Matz, but 
I think the Jays, with or without Robbie Ray, are in good position as far as their starting pitching goes. I mean, depth is of the utmost importance. We've seen that time and time again uh, over the course of a Major League Baseball season. But that being said, I think they're in, they're in good shape, and I don't think that they should be looking at Robbie Ray as a do-or-die situation. I think they can find ways to, to spend and allocate their money. The replacement for Simi is really important. He hit 45 home runs last year. So if you're just going to lose that and slide in some other dude, you might hit 15. I mean, that's a significant drop-off. So there's a lot of issues they have. That being said, I mean, if you're the Jays right now, I mean, I, I think you're hitting a crescendo as far as your fan base goes. We'll be rocking and rolling with hopefully full capacity events. I mean, who the hell knows in our world these days? But by April and May, and the dome will be filled, and you, you, you would go build up a lot of buzz as a top World Series contender. I think you can't underrate the financial wherewithal that that could bring to your, your organization as well. So find the Jays, I'm extremely, extremely competitive on Ray, on Simeon, but at the same time, you also you can be competitive while not being stupid. I think probably giving Robbie Ray a six-year deal is probably something you look at in two years down the road. You're like, whoops, that was really dumb. And if we don't have a World Series ring to show for it, then that's a big-time mistake because while – there's no salary cap. There's also budgets that these baseball teams, especially the Blue Jays, have to live by. So it's a difficult spot for Ross Atkins, but I'm confident based on everything that I've seen, he'll make the right decision. What I can't wrap my head around is all these accolades this team is getting right now, up for MVP, two guys up for the MVP, Cy Young Award winner. I mean, Bo Bichette, they have a great closer. Do you think Charlie's the guy to bring this team to the promised land? I mean, it's, it's a fair I, question. You know? it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair question, it, and it's one where I would not be surprised if there's a quick hook on Charlie Montoya if they start the season slowly, and that's probably something that would be deserved considering the expectations that are going to be on this team heading into the 2022 season. They will be sky high. They will be World mm -hmm. Series or bust, and I think considering the team they have, that's how it should be. I, it's, it's hard for me just based, sitting here on the outside and listen, there was a ton of times we were critical of Montoya's decision-making with the bullpen or certain managerial decisions. I, I do think he will be the guy next year because he is under contract. Yeah. Beyond that, I suppose we'll have to find out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, tough, it's a tough thing to read, right? Because, yeah, like you said, Clarky, there's obviously lots of excitement around the team. And like you pointed out, Aaron, they are in a good spot kind of no matter what happens. I'm of the opinion I'd love to keep Ray. It does have to make sense. If this guy's going to get offered six or seven years by the Yankees, God forbid, or somebody, he'd be, first of all, he'd be dumb not to take that. I mean, people are backing up the Brinks truck at your front door. I mean, you don't turn the driver around. So exactly. fair, fair play to him. But if he can accept a four, maybe five-year deal to stay here. You got to think that there might be some incentive for Ray, right? Because let's consider where this guy was at just two years ago, where he was a walk-inducing machine in Arizona. And Pete Walker, God bless the guy. I mean, he's done this with so many pitchers where he took a guy and refined his tools. Let's remember, this guy throws two pitches and turned him into a Cy Young winner. So you got to think that Ray might see the benefits of potentially maybe taking less years to stay in Toronto. Maybe, maybe money talks, and this is baseball we're talking about. But I like your point about them being young, and that's the best thing they have going for them. Their best players are all young, and there is a ton of pitching talent available. I'm not trying to play video game GM here. Max Scherzer's a free agent. Kevin Gosman's a free agent. They watched Verlander pitch. They were one of eight teams that were at his session hitting 97 on the gun. Like that guy still got some gasoline in the arm. There are guys out there. And the biggest thing to me too is you talk about replacing Semyon. The thing that I think is that because of the Semyon-Bichette dichotomy, they had to shift Kevin Biggio, who had an awful year behind the plate, over to third a lot. He's comfy at second. Could they go out and maybe investigate getting a guy? I'm a big Oakland A's fan as well, and it pains me to say this. Matt Chapman, they're not going to pay this guy. And he had an awful year behind the plate. Plenty of power, but an off year. But he's a gold glove winner. Could yeah, they investigate I, going after a guy like that? I mean, they, they have options, Aaron. 
I don't think they will leave any stone unturned as far as their options go because there's a lot of malleability with that roster, a lot of flexibility that they go in, they can go in a number of different directions. Their focus could be could be trying to fill that that void with uh, Semyon at second base, and and maybe that is that has to be one of their focuses. There's no doubt about that. The bullpen it could use a bolstering. I mean, it kind of came together in the second half after they were able to acquire a lot of guys, and that was very fortunate for them. But Talk about the reason they didn't make the playoffs. I think it's twofold. Number one, they played a lot of games on the road. They weren't back in Toronto, save for, I believe, 34 home dates while everybody else played 81. And their bullpen was an unmitigated disaster early on in the season. And that's how you blow up an entire year like the Jays did. So I, I think they're going to be extremely competitive on Ray. Semyon, I think, is gone. I think you're going to see him on the West Coast, whether it's Seattle, whoever. But whether it's a trade, whether it's a free agent, and we've heard the rumblings with Oakland. It sounds like their entire team is available. You want to go trade for Bat Boy? You want to trade for whatever with that organization? They'll they'll hook it the up. The owner, please. Yeah, yeah. Just just hook it up. We'll just write Jesus. a check and uh, and we'll send it over via FedEx. So that's how it looks to me via Oakland. And I think yeah, that's that's how they need to explore. And that's from my understanding, based on everything that I've read and I've. I've talked to people about that's how they're they're approaching this offseason, which I think is a very good thing. Yeah, Oakland's in trouble. And let's remember, they've got plenty of pitchers available, too. It sounds like Montas, unbelievable pitcher. Chris Bassett's a freak. The Jays could sniff around there. Oakland is uh, once again a picking ground for every team who's got a half-decent owner that doesn't have a silver spoon in his mouth. Clarky. Yeah, I want to change topics if I could, because, yeah. I, you know, Aaron's got to get to bed at some point. We got to we got to get moving here. So <laughs> he is up early. I, yeah, but I just want to quickly talk about the Argos. We had Rod Black on this show oh, back before the legend. season started. He is a legend back before the season started. And I said, you know, like, is it hard to talk and predict what these teams are going to be like this year in the CFL because we missed a whole season and who, who's coming back and everything else. He goes, no, no, the Argos will suck. And I'm like, well, he got, well, we know what happened to Rod. So that didn't, that prediction didn't happen. <laughs> unrelated. <laughs> I'm kidding. Unrelated. It's unrelated, but I think they're legit. Um, I like McLeod Bethel Thompson. I like Nick Arbuckle too. I was sort of surprised they, they traded him, but is this team good enough? Like, can they, they have a big game Friday night against the Thai cats. They beat them. They have first place. It would be nothing better in my mind than for them to go in to Tim Hortons Field, Grey Cup, and, and, and win the Grey Cup on Hamilton soil. Well, I, I think the Argos are legit in that if they play at home in the East Final, they have to win on Friday night. I think it's a must yep. win because yep. the home road splits with this football team are drastic. Yep. They are pretty bad. They're actually honestly terrible on the road. They've been awful. They've gotten blown out a number of times. They've had their mm -hmm. worst performance of the year. They almost lost to Ottawa last week yep. on the road. Again, they probably should have lost if it's not for the incompetence of the Red Blacks. But at home, 5-0, and they've beaten Winnipeg at home, a game that, yeah. the, that the score reflected something that didn't actually transpire. The Argos dominated Winnipeg that game. It was one where there was a, a pick six, a fumble recovery for a touchdown for Winnipeg. Their offense did nothing against the Argos. So I think if the Argos can win Friday night, host the East Final, you get to a great cup. I mean, if 2017 taught us anything, the Argos taking on a Calgary Stampeders team, mm -hmm. that was way better on paper. Yeah. And there were some weird plays. You think about the Ricky Ray to DeVere Posey touchdown, ultimately leading Posey to great cup MVP. You talk about some interceptions and fumble recoveries that led to scores for the Argos. In, a, in one game in football, in the CFL yeah. especially, you never know what happens. But the only way you can find out if you have the, the luck on your side is by getting there. And I think for the Argos, they need to play these games at home. And point. it's not like the crowd down at BMO is exactly you know, <laughs> no. giving these guys the bump that they need. That, this is not what's This is not like Arrowhead with the Kansas City Chiefs. Not that. But for whatever reason, the Argos play really well at home. And I think they need a home date. And that starts yeah, yeah. Friday night against Hamilton. Yeah. And let's be honest. It, it's probably the, well, it's definitely the nicest field uh, in the league. They, I mean, they went from one of the worst to the best with the natural grass there. So yeah, let's hope they can win. Uh, Ryan, do you want to just wrap up with the uh, Raptors? You, if you want to talk Raptors, go ahead. I'm not a big fan. Well, we can <laughs> not a big fan. Are, are you aware I'm a, I'm, of Scotty I, Barnes? Are, oh, are you yeah, aware yeah, yeah. of what this sure. cat's up to? Yeah. I I'm, mean, yeah. let's talk. I'm a fair weather Raptor fan. I'll admit it. 
Okay, fair enough. Let's talk quickly about that because I got to dig into some NFL with you quickly before we let you go. But Scotty Barnes, I mean, boy, they're looking pretty smart right now. There was the debate, the Suggs, Barnes, and Suggs is a good player and he's off to an okay start himself. But this kid is a two-way force. Like he looks like a veg. I mean, Kevin Durant is splashing praise all over this kid. He's pretty impressive, and so are this, you know, this group of young Raptors with older guys like Van Vliet chipping in. OG's gone to another level. Pretty darn impressive. Good building blocks, it looks like, Aaron. I mean, I'm with you, and, and on the, the subject of Scotty Barnes, like, I've been shocked with how good he's looked. Like, keep in mind, this kid is 20 years old. He played point guard at Florida State last year. Now he's playing the three, he's playing the four in the NBA. He's guarding guys like Jason Tatum, Kevin Durant, James Harden, like the best offensive players of this generation. He's acquitting himself very well. Where These guys are going in press conferences and be like, man, sheesh, I believe was the term that Durant used with regards to Scotty Barnes. So I think you have to just another tip of the cap to Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster and Dan Tolzman, the Raptors staff, who once again have hit on a gem. And that's what Scotty Barnes is. Is he going to be a number one on a championship contender in the not-too-distant future? I mean, anything is possible. Seems like a little bit of a stretch to me, but I wouldn't rule it out. This kid has unbelievable talent. His skill set, the athleticism is all there. By all accounts, work ethic is off the charts as well. The Raptors hit gold with Scotty Barnes, and it's all about guys like OG and, and Fred Van Vliet, Precious Achua. And certainly Pascal Siakam, you can't rule out, you can't rule him out as far as being a massive contributor. Still, probably the best player on this Raptors team. There's a lot of things to like. Will they be able to put it together this year and make a run at the playoffs? I believe they can. I agree, and yeah, don't count out Spicy P. This guy is still a factor. Mm. I mean, oh yeah. Now let's talk about something spicy from the NFL world. You love football. Carlo loves it. I love the NFL. There's no sport that's more fun to bet on than the NFL. Really quickly, Rams. They're already off to a pretty good start. They've had a couple dud losses, sure, but Stafford's fitting in there. McVay and the guys are flying. They had OBJ the other day. I mean, does that if they weren't already on top of the Von Miller move and some of the moves that they've already made getting Stafford in, if they weren't already your Super Bowl favorite, are they now? I don't think Odell Beckham Jr. moves the needle and all. Actually, if you look at the odds in Vegas, they didn't change at all in spite of OBJ signing there. So I don't think that should be surprising. I mean, he's the clear number three on the Rams behind Cup and Robert Woods. That would not be a stretch. Cooper Cup is having one of the great seasons we've seen in the NFL in a very long time. He's been incredible. And OBJ, I think, is kind of a complimentary piece in this offense. And I think if you're him, you look at the situation, you have a stud quarterback, you have a team that's guaranteed to make the playoffs and you have a situation in which you're not facing double coverage. You're not facing any, any real focus from defenses who have to worry about cup and woods just all over the field at all times, not to mention a running game uh, with Daryl Henderson, who's been hit or miss when he's been in the lineup. He's been pretty good as well. I don't think that there, this changes my perspective on them being, Super Bowl contenders because I already thought they were. And I think Von Miller, when he's back in the lineup, will be a more impactful piece than Odo Beckham Jr. by a large margin. I agree with that completely. And Von Miller has led a team to a championship. And in that Super Bowl, he was a freak. He was absolutely oh, immense. He ate Cam Newton for lunch that year. It was unbelievable. Who is your Super Bowl favorite? Is it the Rams? Or are you feeling a little bit better about somebody else? I mean, the Bills, boy, did they trip over themselves last week. But are, are they still your favorite? Because preseason, I felt like the Bills were the favorite, certainly from the AFC. Well, and, and that's exactly it, right? I think the NFC is a lot stronger as far as the top teams go. You talk about the Rams, talk about the Arizona Cardinals, the Green Bay Packers, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm sure I'm missing somebody. The Cowboys? The Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, I think you could you could include that. Maybe the lower rung of that yeah, five. sure. Yeah, but I, I mean, yeah, like the NFC has some top contenders. The, but in the AFC, I think the Bills are there in spite of losing the Jacksonville, which eliminated me in my survivor pool, which is Still oh, very that's good. gutting. Come on. Come on, Buffalo. And oh. maybe Tennessee, maybe Baltimore. But I think ultimately the Bills are the class of the AFC. 
And I think they will represent the AFC. I, I, it's funny, I, I don't even mention the Kansas City Chiefs anymore because they don't deserve to be mentioned in that uh, discussion at this point. But that change by season's end, I think that's certainly a possibility. But because I have not liked what I've seen from this team offensively, forget what we've seen defensively, which is complete ineptitude uh, from them this year. I mean, they've been terrible defensively, but Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, I mean, I think it says a lot to me that Odell Beckham Jr., who was rumored to be honing in on Kansas City amongst other teams, decided not to go there. Maybe that's a little foray into how he views the KC Chiefs for the next um, eight games or so leading into the playoffs. Yeah, you can't count those guys out, but, uh, you know, we've seen teams like that stumble before and they are stumbling right now, but I agree. The Bills are still the class of the AFC and Aaron Karolnik is the class of morning show hosts in Toronto Sports Radio. Listen to First Up on TSN 1050, guys. It airs Monday to Friday, 6 to 10, with this man, Aaron Krolnick, and his co-host, Coco Carlo Koliakovo. It's a, it's a brilliant show. I mean, it, you're missing out, especially if you live in Toronto, if you're not listening to the show. And Aaron, we really, really appreciate this, man. You've given us a ton of your time, and uh, we would love to have you back, man. Gentlemen, anytime. Thank you so much for the kind words, and I really appreciate the invitation. It's been great to be on. Happy to join whenever you guys need me. Absolutely, man. Hey, we really appreciate this. Thanks for doing this, brother. My pleasure. Take care, fellas. Back here on Instigating with Clarky and Drury, and we really, really appreciate our buddy Aaron Krolnick from First Up on TSN 1050 for joining us. Boy, I love I when mean, those guys. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, well, I was just going to say, I mean, it's we must be doing something right in the early life of this show, Clarky, because we're, you know, we reach out to guests are like, hey, can you come on for 10, 15 minutes? And all of a sudden an hour goes by and yeah, they don't want to say as a guest, they're not going to say, hey, guys, I got to go. No, well, so we need to tell people they're going to be on a half hour. They're going to be on a half hour. But oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we but but again, it's uh it's great to have people like that on. And, and Aaron is, I mean, he's just crushing it. Like, yeah, we, we sure. We certainly pumped his tires. Like he kind of jokingly but said, it's a good he deserves story. It. He, he does. Deserves, he's good yeah. on the air. He's good. It is a he's good comfort- story. He knows his stuff. He's good. Um, you know, when Michael Landsberg was uh, on holidays before and everything, he was like, they would bring in Mark Rowe and Mark Rowe, uh, nothing against Mark Rowe, but you have Rowe, Aaron, he's a beauty. You have Aaron right there. And yeah. Aaron's part of the show. Yeah. You know, um, so it's it's good that a guy like that got recognized and uh, they gave him the gig. It's good. It is good. It's a positive story. And I feel like that that station in particular, in terms of sports content, is doing a great job of wow. of of making, you know, the ancillary people around a show part of it. You feel mm-hmm. like everyone's part of it. Like they got 20 fingers on there now. Yeah. Who's hilarious. I mean, look yeah. at what happened with Al's brother. Like that guy's hosting yeah. lunch hosting now. Lunch. Yeah. Huge no, exactly. part of overdrive yeah. for years. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mr. It's Charcuterie good. board, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. It's good. I, it's and good. Aaron's Aaron's fantastic. And he's doing a great job. He's a great conversationalist first and foremost. And second of all, most importantly, you can tell he knows what he's talking about. So um, he, he's, he's awesome. You know, who doesn't know what they're talking about, or at least generally what they're doing in my opinion, Clarky referees. And okay. I mean, this is stretching across all sports here. I'm not even necessarily talking about one particular sport, but I will bring up that recent example this week. Everyone saw it happen on Monday night football. I, like Tony Carrenti made a fool of himself, uh, in my personal opinion. And I, I honestly, I'd go so far as to say he brought a stain on the game. I re- I really, I really feel that way. Explain I feel- what he did, Ryan. Tony Carrenti on Monday night, we're talking Pittsburgh Steelers at home to the Chicago Bears and the Bears are making an unbelievable comeback. Like Justin Fields comes alive in the second half. Things are moving and shaking. Ends up being a very close game. It screwed up my prop bet and it's, it's going great. And one of the Bears players whose name is escaping me right now made an unbelievable play. Big sack, uh, fourth down. They're going to get the ball back and potentially come back and win a game in unbelievable circumstances. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when leading by at least 14 points in the second half at home, have never lost. They've tied three times in their history, which is unbelievable. And Chicago's like on the verge of potentially putting a one 
in that loss column. The player makes a great sack and the taunting rule comes into effect. He, he, I guess, took a couple steps toward the Pittsburgh sideline. And then on his way off the field, Tony Carrenti, this is what I want your opinion on. Do you think refs should start? This is a conversation that's been bandied about for a few years now. Do you think refs should start having to do press conferences after controversies? Absolutely. Tony Carrenti, if he didn't hip check that guy, or in the very least, he saw him come in and he backed up into him. No question. And I want an explanation. I want him to take center stage and explain to the masses what the hell was going on there. Because listen, I don't want to sound defamatory here, but this is going to sound defamatory. And I apologize to whoever this may offend, but listen, when something like that happens, Listen, I mentioned that that scoreline screwed up my prop bet because the spread was three and a half on our on our friend's cool bet that sponsored this great show. Spread was three and a half. They won by two. Hmm. Right now, when things like that happen and you see a weird, innocuous instance like what we saw with that ref. Things start to come into your mind of, hmm, that's pretty interesting because now Pittsburgh kept the ball. They get a field goal. They win this game and the spread is affected. The first thing I thought of, and this is what's going to sound defamatory, is that NBA ref that got caught fixing games. That's the first thing I thought of. And can you blame me? Like you see some of these instances with officials over the years. Soccer is one of the most corrupt sports on planet earth. I mean, you look at some of the things you could spend uh, uh, hours in a rabbit hole on Google, looking into things that happen down in the Brazilian league, South America, like it's shady business. You know, there's death threats involved. I mean, soccer's a, it's my feeling like and i know where you're going with it but no yeah wouldn't you think there would have been other opportunities that really affected the outcome of a play to be able to throw a flag or not um to affect the outcome if that's what he was really trying to do you know what i mean like a guy running off the field after a play is done isn't changing the play well, right? it did because it gave Pittsburgh a fresh set of downs. Yeah, but it didn't affect that play. But I, okay, yeah. And so, so yeah, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. did the taunting penalty, which is mm-hmm. by yeah, far yeah. the yeah. the worst, the yeah. worst penalty in yeah. sports. Taunt taunting. I, yeah. I'm like, just saying, like a pass interference call, and the guy catches a touchdown. They call pass interference. Could affect the game a lot more than giving a team a first down, but I hear what you're saying, right? Materially because a touchdown occurred on the play you're referencing, but the the first down occurs off a bogus call and then a touchdown happens the very next play. Maybe. Yeah. Like first downs are everything. That's the lifeblood of your offense is getting first downs. Yeah. And I just, I, the other problem I have with it is that, If you're holding as a league players to such a high standard with things like fines and you can get into the nitty gritty of how ridiculous or fair some of the fine systems are, whatever, you're expecting the players on the field, in this case, the ice, the hard court, whatever, to be at a high standard. Why why is it in the media world we live in now where everything's accessible every single second of every game that is played in major leagues around the world is available on video to refine and pick apart why should we not demand the same for officials what is so sacred about these guys and in the in the instance of guys like Carrenti and geez you want to talk about egos baseball umpires why Why should, if Angel Hernandez and Joe West are going to go out there and have this big ego and take over games, why should they not be beholden to answer for some of the things that they yep. blatantly screw up after games? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the argument is for that. We're, we're, we're fueling 
these products as fans, I feel like when something like that, that's just really unanswerable. I don't know what defense he could cook up. Yeah, I don't know. But they won't let them talk. You know as well as I do. They won't. But they should. But they won't. It's like it's just, it's just the way things are. Like, I, I don't know. And I'm not I saying I'm one of these Tim, people, uh, but it fuels the conspiracy theorists. I think that's who you were thinking of, Tim Donahue, the NBA ref. Yes, who, who was got, caught and yeah, caught. went to prison yeah. for yeah. fixing games. As he, sh- as he should have. Well, 100%. And, but, and, and that's the thing. And, and I didn't mean for what I referenced earlier to sound defamatory, but you think of these things, especially mm-hmm. for somebody who, and whatever your opinion of this is, and again, I'd remind everybody to, to gamble responsibly, pl- play within your means. But for people like me that enjoy gambling on a minuscule level where I, I like to invest a bit of money and gamble on sports, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, when you see something like what happened with Tim Donahue happened once, inevitably for the rest of time, you're going to go, well, that can't be the only one. And then you see something like that happen and you go, it's an eyebrow raising. Mm, oh stuff, yeah. Right? That's a Jim Carrey eyebrow. Mm. That's a Dwayne, the rock Johnson yeah. eyebrow. I can't do it like the rock, but absolutely. It, yep. it makes you think. Yeah. And, and I would reference one of, I would call it one of the most endearing referee moments of all time. When Jimmy Joyce stole that perfect game, from that pitcher for the time, whose again name is escaping me right now, Jim Joyce came out the next day in tears and said, tears. "I yeah, yeah, yeah. I screwed up." And everybody yeah. for yeah. like forgave Jim Joyce. Everyone was like, "Oh, he came! What a good man to come out and say that." I mean, you throw a perfect game that changes your life forever. You're yeah, you know. yeah. They should have given it to him. I yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, it breaks the moment which is part of the, the oh, whole, it, you know what I mean? Like it destroyed like, a significant moment in sports oh, history. A perfect that guy's game? life. That oh, guy's life. Like absolutely crazy. Absolutely. Crazy. But Jimmy anyway. Joyce had the stones yeah. to come out of his yeah, own volition. Like, yeah. For and sure, and but... he came out and said, I, I'm, I feel terrible. Like, and everybody applauded him for it. And I think people love hating on the ref say you're, I, I'm not their best friend, but, I think they're the worst aspect of sports, but we should get our friend Brian Lewis on and talk about this one day. And maybe Jim uh, Cressman as well. Oh God. They, we they could do a little officiating. We could do a little officiating round table. That'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah, we could. It, it would be fun. That's actually not a bad idea. You can throw your crazy Austin Matthews theory at them too. see what they yeah, think I'm of it. Yeah. Yeah. One not- You're up hey. one, nothing, one, well, nothing. Drury. Yeah, that's right. I wrote it down. Team Drury's leading one, nothing. <laughs> It's okay. A team I didn't even ask to be on. There's lots of lots of time left. Hey, uh, this show, of course, brought to you by the Listle Squash Court. The ladder's going on as we speak. Yes. Two victories for Clarkie this week. Two. Ooh. Moved up six spots. Look out. What's that put you at? 12? Mm. If my math's right? It's, yeah, something like that. It's something like 12. We'll call it 12. I'm moving up. Going around the clock. He's moving up. Haven't lost. Unbelievable. He's two and oh, yes. Check out our friends list with squash courts. They're on Facebook. You can book times very easily. It's a great facility. Go check it out. Join Clarkie's men's league. Get involved. I mean, it's a great game. Go check it out. They're awesome over there. Our buddy Alan will hook you up. All right. We are brought to you as always by cool bet as well. Uh, they've got a lot of great promotions going on right now. Remember gamble responsibly gamble within your means folks. But if you want to lay some heat down, NFL's rocking and rolling the NHL. I've won some money on hockey recently. Love that. Get involved with our friends from Coolbet. It's easy to get an account and get rolling. Clarky, 11th. You're right. I'm 11th. You're 11th. Okay. I said 12, but hey, it's all good. 11th. That's one better. Let's give you credit. Yeah. I'll, I'll print Steve Sabrin, by the way. Oh, our friend Steve Sabrin. Gotta get going. He's, he's, he's taking a little break. He's down 23rd, but he, he will move his way up fast. How many guys are in this league? Really? Quick? 25. 25. And it's still yeah, by far, like not even close. It's still Jacob's ladder. Just so you know. Right. Okay. Jacob's yeah. it's not it's still Jacob's ladder. That's good. Yeah. Steve's yeah. got to catch that cat scratch fever yeah. and get rocking and rolling. And Al, 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 Al MacArthur, our, uh, the owner of the yes. courts and our friend, he's seventh. 
So he's very close to my to, to a challenge from Clarky. It's coming. Out. I'd actually I'd actually pay to see that. I would actually gamble well, some money. You don't even that. have to pay to see it. You can come over and you can watch it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. I will tell you when we're playing. I love it. Yeah. All right. Deal. Awesome. It'll be hopefully sometime next week, as long as I win my next match. Beautiful. Fingers crossed. I can't wait to see a clash of the Titans on Jacob's ladder at the list of squash courts. All right. We're also brought to you by cool bet. We appreciate their support. We appreciate your support. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter, share our show on social media, follow us. We're on all the best podcast apps where you can grab the show and listen anytime you want. Hey, we're on YouTube as well. If you want to watch us scream and yell at each other and instigate each other, that's the spirit of the show. Thanks to Aaron Krolnick from first up on TSN 1050. We'll be back next week with more instigating with Clarky and Drury. Stay tuned. Argos. I was scared for a second. <laughs> Tune in next week. Argos. Argos.